0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Hey, everyone. Today, we're bringing you one of my favorite episodes from our back catalog. This story is about an enterprising group of teenagers who are fighting for their right to use social media without getting influenced by a bunch of targeted ads. Check it out. Samantha Mosley is 17 years old. She lives in Maryland, where she's a junior in high school. And, like most teenagers, she spends a certain amount of time on Instagram.
0: I'd say, like, about five hours a week. There are some people who I know personally, and they use Instagram a lot more than I do, but I prefer to keep my social media time down. I tend to post about once every two months. I try to keep it limited to um, like prom, homecoming, fancy events like that, so that when someone looks up my name, they see nice, good pictures of me instead of some not-as-high-quality
1: photos. Samantha has multiple Instagram accounts, about five, she says and they each serve a purpose. There's a whole
0: wide variety because I have a different account for each audience and different interests for each audience. So like on my main account, I'm more focused on like my high school, the people around me I'll just like their photos, post things related to my high school. And then another account is for more engineering and technology. And on that account, I'll look at different robotics projects, girls who code, things like that.
1: But unlike most of her peers, Samantha and a group of her friends are intentionally messing with Instagram to prevent the platform from knowing too much about them.
0: We want Instagram to have a harder time tracking us, what we're doing, who we are, where we live, different things like that.
1: Today on the show, how a group of teens are freeing themselves from Instagram's algorithm and the theory behind this technique. I'm Ariel durm This is Reset. Samantha is about as tech-savvy as teenagers come. She's into robotics, coding, social media. And about five years ago, when she was in middle school, she had an idea.
0: So I was part of a first Lego League team, which is a robotics competition, but the robots all made out of Legos. And we had a shared social media account because we wanted um, everyone to have access to it. And we noticed that each time someone would sign in, it would change what it was recommending to us. If you click on the Explore page on Twitter or Instagram, it'll show you different people or accounts that you should follow. So we saw that those accounts were changing and the content was changing. So maybe for one person, it was like makeup and theater and then another person It was like um, technology and robots and things like that.
1: That insight, that having multiple people use the same account can make it hard for Instagram to recommend posts or target a specific user with ads, that was a big moment for Samantha. It led her to apply this idea to her own private accounts, with a lot of help from her friends.
0: So what my friends and I have been doing on Instagram is
1: we're trying to obfuscate our identities as much as possible. Obfuscate to render obscure or unintelligible. That word's gonna be important in this episode.
0: So me and my friends decided to start sharing our accounts and sharing our passwords because we wanted the algorithm that different social media platforms use to be more um, confused and not know exactly who we were and what we were doing in our everyday lives. And we're doing this by flooding the metadata. So our name, our location, are different things like that that a social media platform will keep track of. So if someone found all of that data, they wouldn't be able to find us in real life. So we have been doing this about five years.
1: Five years of tricking Instagram. I asked Samantha to explain how this all works.
0: Most simply broken down, we are doing two things. So first, we have multiple accounts for every person in our group. And the second thing is we have password sharing across our group. So I might be signed into two of mine, one of friend A, one of friend B, and one of friend C. We'll switch out um, who's signed into what account at what time so that you can't track the account down to one specific location or user. It's constantly changing, and all of the location data is based off of someone's real life. So that when you're looking at the location data for one account, It might be in Germany for one week and then in the U.S. for another. And um, by having a real person being our source of location data instead of one set IP address in a different country, it's more randomized because you get that real-life randomness and you can't really predict what's going to happen.
1: Okay, so in practice, this is what it might look like when Samantha posts a picture on Instagram.
0: So I would take that picture, figure out whatever caption I liked and what account I wanted it posted to and send it to this core group that we have. So in the core, we have about seven people who know of all of the accounts that are signed in and who signed into what account at what time. And they'll send it to the correct person or link you up so that you can send it to them and tell them what you want the caption to be and tell them what time of day you want it posted at. So if they're in another country... You don't want them to post it at midnight in wherever you are. Um, So sometimes that gets a little bit tricky, but um, we try to keep it as easy as possible. So like don't make someone wake up in the middle of the night on a school night so that they can post your picture from vacation. And so once you send them your picture and your caption, then they'll post it from wherever they are um, at the specified time. And that's how it works.
1: So tell me, Samantha, why do you care so much about preventing Instagram from knowing exactly who you are, where you live, what your interests are? Why does this matter to you?
0: So we wanted to make sure that if someone were to Google our name, the account that shows up might be our account, but they're not going to be able to find us and know where we live. Um, I was worried about stalkers in the beginning, but then I realized that this can actually apply to big companies who are trying to target different ads that you are trying to target you to go to certain colleges or get certain jobs that these companies aren't going to be able to control or have influence in those aspects of your life.
1: Help me understand what exactly you mean by, by this whole college thing. Help me understand how scrambling the data that Instagram has about you impacts things like jobs or colleges.
0: So by scrambling up our data so much, we are trying to make it more difficult for those targeted things to come towards us. Colleges are emailing us and they're like, hey, we saw you like such and such. You like robotics because you have a robotics account. Well, we're a robotics Mm, school. mm -hmm. So we want to be able to see those colleges, but also not have only those colleges interested in us or only those job opportunities interested in us. Right. Yeah, so we want to have the ability to come to those conclusions by ourselves, And um, if a college was to look us up, only be able to find that public account that we want them to see.
1: It sounds to me like what you're saying is that you're trying to reclaim your agency, your freedom, your ability to explore the landscape, whether it's a job opportunity or college, without getting influenced by ads.
0: Yeah, you got that wording, like, perfect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so how many people are doing this with you? So right
0: now um our group is constantly expanding and we also have people leaving as they're starting to form their own groups. So um at our core I'd say we have about 20 people. So we reach out to different countries and different locations and we ask for like 5 to 7 people in those locations to help us and sign into our accounts and in exchange we'll sign into theirs and keep up this metadata sort of overload. We'll kind of bug them every now and then um, when we want the data really messed up.
1: Why are you trusting all of these people with your Instagram passwords? Like, aren't you worried that they're going to post something that'll make you look bad?
0: So we do use a very big system of trust. There's a lot of trust involved. A lot of the people in our core group we are seeing every day. So those people are the ones who have access to our private accounts, the ones that when you look up our names, that's what you see. Because we know if they do something wrong, we can talk to them in person and we can figure out why they did that. And we can kick them out of the group if that's necessary.
1: Has that actually happened?
0: Not yet. <laughs>
1: <So> <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> nobody has posted anything wrong or bad yet. Um, we're hoping it never happens because it would hurt a lot if it did. In elementary school, you learn about people who are like, lying is bad, never do that, but then you realize, wait, if I tell you I'm supposed to be in the hallway and not in class, then you let me stay in the hallway. I know that that's a bad thing to do, but what if I change my identity online using that same concept? You tell me it's bad to do that, but what I'm doing is protecting myself.
1: Samantha, I really appreciate the time that you spent with me explaining this to me. Thank you so, so much for doing this. Uh, This was really fascinating.
0: Yeah, thank
1: you. Coming up after the break, does Samantha's technique actually work? And what's the story behind this whole obfuscation thing? This is Reset. Reset.
2: Yeah, so Instagram tracks a lot of what you do. I mean, considering that they're also owned by Facebook. Alfred Ng is a senior reporter at CNET. I asked him to
1: walk me through how Instagram tracks its users.
2: If you look at a friend's post, then all of a sudden, everything related to that friend's post is suddenly in your Explore tab, right? The Explore tab is one of the tabs on your Instagram account where basically it's like a curated feed for you specifically, because there's the news tab. I think that's called the news tab where it's, you know, people that you follow. And right. then there's the explore tab where it might not be people that you're following, but it's like stuff that you might be interested in. So let's say I look at dogs or something like that. All of a sudden, Instagram starts thinking, oh, hey, this person looked at this one dog post. Let's give this person everything about dog posts. Um, that happens to me a lot. Yeah. And it, it, it changes for me all the time. So like I'll look at one basketball post that a friend happened to like because that pops up on my feed. And all of a sudden I'm getting all this NBA memes stuff. It, it it really it's kind of a rabbit hole there. But they they track a lot of other activities on your phone as well. So the metadata of it, so they know that you're looking at Instagram from New York City, for example. Then all of a sudden, you're getting you know New York City specific content. Right. They know you know when you're looking at it, so the timing and where you're looking at it from. So there's a lot that goes into Instagram beyond what you're clicking on, and then just your browsing activity online. So if I'm going on uh, Amazon, for example, and I, I buy something there, I could get posts or ads related to that if they know I'm into you know, a certain type of jacket or a certain, like, pair of sneakers or something like that. All of a sudden, I'm getting sneaker posts on Instagram as well.
1: Earlier this month, Alfred attended a hacker conference in Washington, D.C., where he met Samantha Mosley. She was giving a talk about the way she and her friends have been protecting their identities on Instagram. And he was kind of blown away by it.
2: It was such, like, an innovative method and and taking on this, like, massive like tracking machine that you know so many people have have spent years trying to figure a way to get around and this was such an effective method to do it
1: do we know if what Samantha and her friends are doing actually works though
2: so Samantha showed me her explore tab and it seems to work just based on how completely different like the the explore tab is and i was kind of using my own account as as kind of a control to this, right? where I kept refreshing it, and there were all things that, like, I could I could explain, like, oh, I'm interested in that, I'm interested in that. Um, even It was completely different each time, but, like, there were all things that I was interested in, where yeah. she was showing...
1: Mine it to- is always, like, dogs, tattoos, and powerlifting videos.
2: Yeah. So she was showing it to me, and she's like, look, these are, like, horoscopes, and here's, like, some animal stuff, and, like, I never look at animal stuff on my account, so... And she was saying like, yeah, there's like three people on this account right now. And that's why that's that's happening for this. Samantha was mentioning to me that part of the way they tested for this also was um, looking at the uh, metadata that Instagram pulls from your Mm accounts. So she was doing this among her her friends who all knew how to do the same thing. And, you know, when she looked at the metadata for her account, like what Instagram knows about her and the data that they pull from her every time she posts, there was like a whole flurry of stuff. So it'd be like, oh, uh, she lives in the U.S. but also in Germany and she speaks like five different languages Mm. and she's interested in all these things where other accounts of her friends where they only had that one account would the metadata would show something like yeah they live in Maryland and they speak English and here's like a few things that they're interested in.
1: Okay so it seems like it's working. Yeah. So Alfred can you explain exactly how the method that Samantha and her friends are using
2: actually works? Okay, so th- this gets pretty complicated. It, it, like, she had this chart at the presentation that kind of looked like uh, <laughs> like one of those, like, conspiracy theory boards, but um, <laughs> I'll try to explain this the best way that I can. Okay. Um, so, like, the average teenager will usually have their Finsta account.
1: Meaning the fake the account. The fake
2: Instagrams that, like, you put out, like, for the public to see, where it's, like, very clean, it's very, you know... Curated. Yeah, very curated. And then there's uh, accounts just for, like, specific groups. So, like... If I, I might have an account for uh, my friends from college, and then I have an account for people from work, and then I have an account for, I don't know, something that I'm interested in, like like sneakers or something like that. Um, so the way that it works is that, like, let's say everyone in this friend group, let's say there's like five people in this friend group, they all have these accounts. They're, they'll share the ones that they don't care that much about um, with each other, and then they'll ask each other to post on each other's behalf instead. And when they post it, they're giving that account, you know, basically data from from that person's phone. So the idea is to spread it out among as many people as possible. Then it confuses them. And, you know, the the algorithm is kind of messed up that way.
1: Is it also about liking pictures that may or may not and like searching specific search terms that may or may not be related to that person's interests?
2: Yeah. So the, the algorithm is also curated by likes. Um, So if you like one thing, then you might get more of that content. So when other people share that account, then it becomes like, oh, uh, I I guess this person likes animals, but this person also likes politics and and football now all of a sudden. Uh, Obviously, people are multifaceted and they can like all of those things. But the Mm -hmm. idea is, you know, when you have like 20 people on one account liking all these different things, then it's like hard to tie that back to me, right? And I don't think Instagram's a fan of that because then it makes it way harder for advertisers to target to you based on those things.
1: Did Samantha come up with this technique? Does did this previously exist?
2: Yeah. So Samantha and her friends came up with this technique. I don't. I I don't know if it was like a single person that thought like, oh yeah, we can we can all do this. But I mean. She gave the talk on it and she really explained it thoroughly at the conference. But the concept itself of like a group effort to keep yourself hidden from a data collection firm or anything like that is not a new concept. So for a while, it had been called a cooperative obfuscation, which um, people had been doing with like shopping cards for like the loyalty rewards cards at like supermarkets. They would like trade it with each other so they wouldn't have all the data on like what I bought at the supermarket, it'd be like one card and be like 50 different purchases on it throughout the week. So it's like you get these coupons that are like super random um, (laughs) and it's like really hard for them to keep track of that.
1: Oh, wow. So just to be clear, this technique has existed before. People have theorized about this, have written about this. The innovation here is that Samantha is applying this cooperative Mm -hmm. obfuscation technique to Instagram and having other people post for her and, and like things on her account.
2: I think the innovation here really is that they're doing this for Instagram specifically, but to apply to Instagram and to do it in a way where you're sharing passwords um, and sometimes they weren't even sharing passwords. This was another thing that kind of blew my mind where um, instead of sharing the passwords, they would just send like the password reset links to each other. Mm. You can click on I forgot my password then Instagram sends it to you. And then you can take that link and just send it to somebody who wants to log into your account. Because and you that doesn't log you out? You don't get logged out when, when uh, somebody else logs into your account, even when the password changes.
1: That seems like a problem.
2: Yeah, I don't know how long that will last now that like, it's out there. <laughs> Honestly, you know, again, this goes against a lot of security advice out there That's you know, don't share your passwords with people. But I mean, like, people do that for Netflix. People do that for, I guess, Spotify sometimes. Um... But and and that they're okay with that, so I, I think that's the idea here with with these Instagram accounts where they're fine with sharing passwords for these accounts that don't matter that much to them, and they care. They I think they trust each other a lot more than they trust Instagram with their privacy. Mm.
1: Why go through all of the trouble of doing this? Why not just log off Instagram and stop using it or? Or use a VPN instead, uh, you know, a virtual privacy network that that helps you sort of that helps mask your IP address.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've gotten that question a lot in my comments about, you know, well, if these teens really care about privacy, why don't they just not be on Instagram? And, you know, I mean, that seems like a simple answer. But I mean, I think you have to consider like the social hierarchy and fabric of being a teen in 2020, uh, where, yeah, everything everyone does is online, right? Like that includes Instagram. And I think this is kind of a way of not being on Instagram while being on Instagram, where you can go on and you can socialize with your friends, but, you know, they have all these accounts that don't matter to them and they can just drop them at like a hat, but like they're sharing all of it with each other. So it's basically keeping that, that data private for them, at least for the time being. And, you know, people do use VPNs to hide their location. But if you ever look at the, a VPN location data, that's like tied to one address, so it's very easy for people to figure out if you're using a VPN because it's like the the IP address is just like just on that that server mm, like mm-hmm, in another mm-hmm. country, right? Right. That's like you use a VPN if you want to like say, oh, I want to use like Netflix Canada or something like that. They don't care about that. <laughs> but if you're if you're using a VPN for like to trick an algorithm, like that doesn't really work because that's one central location. And the data that you're giving them is still like your data. Like they would still know what your interests are. Right. So they're getting like real location points and they're getting like real data. It's just all not who they are. It's, it's like very much like a collaborative effort. And yeah, I mean, this is another way for them to socialize like beyond, you know, just being on Instagram itself. This kind of creates a whole new element and like social element to it of like, oh, like we're maintaining our own like pseudo social network here.
1: So interesting. I guess I guess the idea here is you can get all of the benefits of being on Instagram without getting all of the downsides. Right. This is a way to really hack the system.
2: Yeah. They can still go on Instagram and they can still like follow people and see like, oh, these are the things that I'm actually interested in. Um, But like Instagram doesn't get that much out of them. And you don't really see that that much. You Mm -hmm. never see that kind of like shift in the dynamic.
1: So did Facebook or and Instagram, Facebook owns Instagram, did Facebook have a reaction to your story?
2: When I reached out to them for comment, they were kind of confused about what I was talking about at first. Uh, <laughs> um, but they said, you know, this doesn't go against our policy because, like I said, like social media managers all go on one account also, mm-hmm. but they uh, didn't recommend it because of, you know, security concerns with, with sharing passwords and things like that.
1: Wow. OK, so just... If anybody wants to try it at home, which is not recommended according to Facebook, uh, make sure you really trust the people you're doing this with. I guess that's the conclusion, right?
2: Just think about how you share your car keys with somebody or you share your house keys with somebody like to to dog sit or, mm-hmm. or watch your pets or something like that. Like that's like you're giving them the same amount of trust. I'm wondering, Alfred, have you started doing this with your friends or your, your circle? Um, I actually do have like a bunch of uh, Instagram accounts, but I haven't done something like this. I don't I, I don't know enough friends that care that much about their privacy <laughs> on uh, Instagram to do it. But if you want to get in on it, let me know.
1: I mean, I really do want to try this. I'm super curious. Alfred Ng is a senior reporter at CNN. This is Reset, and I'm Ariel Zuemros but you don't have to say it that way. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at ADRS. Or you can reach the Reset team by emailing reset at vox.com. We publish episodes three times a week on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. So if you haven't already, subscribe to the pod. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or in your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find the show. Will Reed and Skylar Swenson produce the show. Our engineer is Eric Gomez. Amy Drozdowska edits some of our episodes. Our intern is Daniel Marcus. Golda Arthur is our executive producer. Liz Kelly Nelson is the editorial director of Vox Podcasts, and the mysterious Brickmaster Cylinder composed our theme music. Reset is produced in association with Stitcher, and we're part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. We'll be back on Tuesday.